Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 12 Roosevelt, the Triton Prince of the Dead City. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons & Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Joseph Anthony's table in the Levitating Platter. Joseph, glad that I could make it and catch you at your table for a nice chat. Thanks for uh, thanks for meeting me here, Kurt. And as we start every episode, who are you and uh, what do you do? Yeah, so my name's, uh, as you said, I'm Joseph. Uh, I'm a quality assurance analyst, so I do a, for a mobile game company. So basically, I do software testing on games. Not so much playing them a bunch, more so playing them and then writing in spreadsheets. Oh, okay. Them. So, but you still get enjoyment out of playing games. You don't get, you know, oh my gosh, oh, I play games all day. I don't want to go home and play any more games. Or uh, I don't because when at work, I have to like find bugs and report them. Right. But when I'm at home, I can just enjoy the games and I don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about reporting bugs. You just get to enjoy them. Exactly. It makes games more fun because like I get to do anti-work Nice. That's a good way to put it. There you go, folks. Joseph just patented a new hashtag. Hashtag anti-work. I don't know if I want to be associated with anti-work. Oh, okay. Well, uh, moving on to our next question. Do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons & Dragons or any tabletop role-playing game? So, funny story. I've only played Dungeons & Dragons on two occasions. Two occasions? Yes. One was at my previous job. Okay. We had, I think, two sessions before the group fell apart because okay. we had too much work. Okay. And then the second session was just last week. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed both a lot, and I've always wanted to play, but I never could get around to it. So I'm glad to be, uh, I'm glad to be starting something. Dipping your toes in the cool, cool water, and uh, who's your character now that you're playing? So right now I'm playing a Dragonborn cleric of the life domain. Okay. Uh, he's a tall, strong buff boy. Nice. <laughs> uh, and we're playing through a West Marshes campaign okay. with a couple of different DMs in this sort of custom setting they put us in. So you like that that style of play of being able to plug in and plug out whenever you're available or when a group's like, hey, we need our paladin. Uh, so this format is one I just kind of was brought into. It's one they keep up at, at my job. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm fine with either really because i make 
my own games, I made a tabletop one that I would run for people. Mm-hmm. And those were built to be like real short experiences. So not like a four or 40 hour long campaign or nothing. Just something you could finish in like, you know, an hour to three hours. So I'm cool with either people like dropping in and out and sort of like a steady group going forward. Mm-hmm. I'm more in for it for that uh, role playing and like using a character's abilities type okay. of stuff. Well, for the podcast audience, I'm going to extend my fist in a fist bump with Joseph since we are paladin bros. So, <laughs> awesome. So, the next question, do you have a favorite NPC from an RPG or a video game, and why are they your favorite NPC? So, this is somewhat cheating. Uh, well, is it cheating? Nah. So, Pagan Min. Okay. From, I believe it's Far Cry 4. Correct. Right? Yes. yes. It was... Vo- voiced by Troy Baker. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, pretty cool. It's cool. Uh, but he was one of my, f- my favorite characters of recent memory. He always stuck out. He was uh, like charming and charismatic. Yeah. Uh, there was the whole deal of like you could beat the game by just like waiting. He's. Supposed- I know <laughs> that's so crazy. I'd never experienced that in a game before. Yeah, just trusting what the npc villain tells you to do and they follow through on it yeah that's true i if uh, memory serves me at the very start of the game he says oh wait here while i go deal with something and the game rewards you literally if you sit there for 15 minutes i think not touching your controller then he comes back and then you beat the game but it's like you don't learn about the i guess the the formal plot or narrative of the game which uh, is interesting and then i think at the end you also have some choices as well with how you want to resolve uh your relationship with him as well so you can either choose to be like oh, i'm gonna fight the bad guy or no i'm gonna i'm gonna cooperate with the bad guy and either way you could still have a completely different ending for far cry 4 as well yeah yeah it's so cool i remember i would i just got up and i was just looking around his palace and he came back like oh where are you and i just walked back to my seat and like i'm right here because you're there to deliver your mother's ashes. And he's like, oh, well, I can help you with that. Right. I, I'll, You can deliver them. And then you, I'll pay for you to leave. There's stuff going on right now. You know, revolution against me, dictator. But uh, you're not involved. So just go. And so it's, uh, through, as you progress through the game, you learn more about, like, what started this whole revolution in the first place. Mm-hmm. And how it somewhat blurs the lines of, well, who was actually the bad person in this situation? I know, yeah. And however the game resolves, if you decide to disobey at the very beginning and go off on this adventure, kind of the the hero factions, if you could call them, there's two different competing factions as far as the, mm-hmm. the Golden Path revolutionaries are concerned. And so it's like you either... Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't played the game, but it's like, all right, we're going to give in to drugs and child slavery or whatever... Or we're going to uphold this uh, religious tradition, but we're going to murder anyone that doesn't subscribe to our particular religious beliefs. Yeah, it's. Uh, thank you for the spoiler alert. Now we can talk about it. Oh, it's so interesting because over the course of the game, and this is a trend in a lot of Far Cry games, of you, you don't exactly. You're a heroic character, but you don't always do a good thing. When you're working with the Golden Path, it's you see the slow de- evolution of these characters into like resistance fighters into their more radical selves of military dictator again Mm. or religious cult dictator from the previous games Mm. so it's and when you look then you look at pagan men who's more of a kind of just an unfortunate 
consequence of the rebels' original actions. Right. It it eases up how I viewed him. Like you were just in a kind of a bad situation. He's been the most honest and upfront with me of any character in the entire game. That's true. Which is hilarious. But I also think what makes him such an interesting character and especially an interesting villain. Right. So it's like, can we really call him a villain or is he more of an anti-villain? Well, he's still a military dictator of like a small country he took over. Right. It's just, as a person, he's somewhat more or better than the other people. Right. Because he's throwing all of his like soldiers and stuff at you to maintain control of the island. Uh, but as you wrest control from him, Looking back, you've left a lot of destabilization in your wake, and now two other power-mad people in control. It's kind of yeah. like the power vacuum whenever you take down a major... Right, I think, it's, I think it's a, it's a Nepal-Himalayan equivalent, not an island. I think the island was in number yes. three. Yes, yes, that's yeah. right. Okay, well that... Yeah, no, Peyton Min's a great choice. All right, so moving on to our next question. What is your favorite side quest from an RPG or video game, and why is it your favorite? Okay, so it took me a little bit, but I did get this one. It's... And I forget the name of the exact quest, but I think it's the Maiden of Webwood or Windermere. Okay. It's from Kingdom of Amalur. And uh, to preface, kind of the gist is, there's these... There are fey creatures, which are kind of like plant humans somewhat they don't ever die like the concept of death doesn't exist for them they go to sleep by dying and they just come back to life they never actually die uh if they are destroyed somehow they someone else just takes your name and becomes you so it's a weird interaction between these humans who are most definitely mortal and in a war with the other fey who are also (laughs) immortal so it's a a weird war but in this particular quest we explore how they tell their stories because they do the same thing you take the name of the hero you become the hero and via magic the enemy who that hero overcame becomes real again and so you conquer them and that's a celebration of their like heroes and the stories that they told Hmm. Uh, with kingdom of amalur as you as the player you the whole thing surrounds the fact that you don't abide by Fate, because everything is somewhat pre-written for everyone. You have people who can read the fate strings. Okay. And they see, oh no, you cut all those strings, and I don't see any on you, so I don't know what you're going to do. So that's a huge uh, ripple in this world. Okay. And when you're introduced to the story, the Maiden of Windermere, she's either evil fae or like a drider spider centaur woman. Okay. I forget, but she fell in love with a fae, and he... It's like, I'm supposed to vanquish you, but I also kind of like you too. <laughs> and That classic <laughs> story of, oh, I gotta kill you, but you know what? I think you're pretty cool. But, but you're really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the retelling of this tragic love story. And during this route, she does something different. Which oh. they partially blame on you because you are something different in the world. That you're an anomaly in the Matrix. Exactly. Ah, okay. And so they send you to go deal with it and i felt so conflicted about what to do in that quest because like i can understand being the villain and being in the same story like thousands of times and just like can we stop this and you can finally gain the chance to stop it and like i don't want to i just want to stop i just want to have my nice romance Mm -hmm. just leave me alone and i feel bad but also she's terrorizing 
everyone within the web would with her giant spiders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, I still had to defeat her, but if I went through a second playthrough, mm-hmm. I would probably just help her out. Just, like, leave her there, because I'm given that choice to just not fight her. Right. But that was such an interesting quest, because it tied in so many of these weird social elements that this world had going for it. Awesome. And to round out the personal interview section, what are you passionate about and why? Uh, So I think I would sum up my passion as creating experiences for people. Because I love making things. Mm -hmm. But I love making things and then presenting or giving it to people even more. Which is why I think I fell into game design so much. Because I designed something and I designed it for the purpose of other people to experience it. Mm. Uh, and something that just like drives me really strongly in a lot of the stuff I do. Yeah. <laughs> Creating. I love making things. Uh, I do handcraft with like pipe cleaner. And Yeah, I remember some crazy things you've made with pipe cleaner. Uh, I do foam craft because I have some foam cutting kits and stuff. I have uh, some carpentry things and wood cutting. I have some logs I need to do, do something with uh, over this weekend I'm planning for. Okay. And then I do my uh, game design and my writing. Just a lot of creative outlets with like more physical and some that are just like read or experiences. So to go along with that, you know, with the pipe cleaners and the foam and the carpentry and stuff, do you actually delve into any cosplay stuff or do you just like to, you like to make things and then just give them to people to be like, here, I made this thing. I want you to enjoy it. Oh, I don't, I have never done cosplay, as far as it to believe. Uh, I love making stuff. I love the prop creation thing. Okay. I've just never, uh, like, been one for it. I'm kind of easing into it, because I have friends who do cosplay and, like, go to conventions and stuff. Right. So, I think I would be down for it. I just haven't, I just haven't done it before. Sure. Well, that's awesome. Now that we have concluded with the personal interview, we'll go ahead and create an NPC. As we were prepping before recording, I believe you said that you had some writing prompts in front of you and that you would like to endeavor in the creative exercise of making an NPC live recording style with no dice rolling, no preconceptions. We're doing it live, right? Exactly. That's what I want to do. I have a random art prompt generator Okay. That I'm just going to generate several words from and we're just going to go from there. Okay, so let's see. Do you want to go ahead and do your questions first, and then we'll keep those in mind as we work our way down the NPC creation list? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so let's go ahead, uh, I guess, hit your hit your magic button, and then we can write the words down, because uh, certainly they could be useful for the adjectives section. All right, I'm going to give it one more press. Okay, <laughs> to truly randomize it. Exactly. Oh, okay, so... Uh, so it's a list of 10 words. Okay. So this one we have bakery, caravan, okay. a letter from afar, a medieval castle, eye-catching, melancholy, monochrome, optimism, out of the rolling ocean, and silver jewelry. Those are interesting <laughs> words. Um, okay, so then let's keep these in mind because they could certainly very much come in handy so the first question we have here is what is this character's name i'm thinking something sad i already have an idea in mind something maybe royal okay i'm, I'm thinking like chester or you know what how about a roosevelt 
Roosevelt. That's yeah. a very strong, authoritative sounding name. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're going with Roosevelt. Yeah, all right. Roosevelt. What is the ancestry for Roosevelt? So, all right. So, Roosevelt is a Triton. If I remember right, those are the Aqua people. Yeah, they're kind of like Abe Sapien. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Roosevelt the Triton. Okay. Yeah. All right. And what is the job or role of this character? I, I remember in the prompt it said bakery. So, are you thinking that he's going to be a baker or... Base, you were saying someone royal, so is he royalty, or what's the job of Roosevelt? Okay, so... Or the role. I've manufactured a backstory from all, all of these. Okay. So he was a prince of a underwater kingdom. Okay. Uh, it wasn't a super large one, just sort of moderately sized. Okay. But something happened. I think like a disease just swept through the oh. city, afflicting everyone. Okay. Uh, except for him, for whatever reason. Ooh. He got up to just a ton of alchemy and like studying as everyone around him was succumbing to this disease, Ooh. Uh, but was unable to find a solution to it. So okay. he's the, own, the prince of a dead kingdom uh, until Ooh. he receives a letter telling him about a cure or at least some kind of answer to what befell his you know, <laughs> everyone around him. Okay. So he left this kingdom and is now on a sad journey to figure out what happened. Okay, so a prince in exile on a quest to find a cure. So that's his role. So yes. he's potentially someone that you could meet on the road, you could meet in a tavern, just wherever you need to plop him and he could, you know, interact with your player characters and be and tell tell his tale of woe and misery and stuff. Exactly. Nothing catches eyes like a rich man with a sad story at a bar. That's true. Um, how old is Roosevelt? I want to say he's been traveling for a while, so he's not a young man, but he's not super elderly. Uh, I'm not sure the age ranges of Triton, but maybe around like late 30s, early okay. 40s. Okay, so he's been around for a while. Yeah, he, he's, he's been around searching for a while. Okay. Describe the physical appearance of Roosevelt. So, and this is maybe tying on to the uh, melancholy optimism and silver jewelry. Okay. I'd like to think that he's not wearing super posh royal clothes. He, it's super sort of subdued. Okay. Uh, tying in that monochrome. Okay. Maybe just like a gray and blue with some silver accents for his like jewelry. He keeps some family signet like ring and a necklace that he got from his like mother or something. Okay. But just not, not too posh, but like kind of wealthy. Maybe like a tunic and some nice shirts, nice pants. He's always kind of kind of, always kind of like leaning over like he's sad, but has this sort of sad smile, Eeyore kind of smile. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm thinking thin. Okay. I, I'm thinking thin and I'm liking tall. I'm liking this sort of hunched over man who uh, whenever he stands up from the bar, you're like, oh, you're tall. Because right. he's always so just curled in over himself. Oh, okay. What three adjectives do you think describe Roosevelt the best, then? Uh, I think they would be... I'm going to steal the one I've been saying so much, uh, melancholy. He just has, like, somewhat of a kind of bummer vibe around him all the time. Okay. Uh, I'd like to think that he's helpful. I think helpful would be a good one. Like, he sees people's plights uh, with all that alchemy and experimenting experience and the ludicrous wealth of the entirety of his kingdom he uh whenever wherever he travels he usually leaves people better off than 
whenever he, he showed up. Okay, that's nice. And then the last adjective? I want to say determination. Determination. Determined. Ooh. Because his every, he, all his folks are dead. Like, he's accepted that fact. But okay. he's still on a quest to, like, seek this out. Said it never happens again. Okay. And he's traveling for years. So he's not giving up. He's continuing on with this quest. So melancholy helpful and determined what is a valuable item piece of lore or secret that this character possesses or if not any of those things an ideal or concept perhaps so so two come to mind that i particularly like one would be that uh along with his family signet ring he has a sort of a dull like that necklace i was talking about it's like a dull tarnished silver necklace but it's like inside is some precious royal family jewel that's Ooh. given to the queen. And he just keeps it in this sort of trashy amulet because of its sentimental value. Okay. The other idea, and this was more for him, and just sort of a, a hint into, like, what kind of dark past. Um, he's just super, super well-versed in making any kind of poison or a toxin you can think of. Like, he's super well-versed in diseases. He has a bunch in his... One of his in a the caravan he travels in. Mm. One of his carts is just oh, and this jar is full of skin eating disease. Don't open that one. Oh. He's just experiment. He's like this passive mad scientist where you just open the door and like oh, this is in here. <laughs> okay, so then is this mission of his to find the cure? Is this a side quest that he'd be willing? to recruit or hire player characters to go on? Or would he have something else in mind as a side quest to assign uh, a group of adventurers? I think he would be the type to hire adventurers to go and ex- uh, explore like a like an information end for him. Okay. Like he's found the writer of the letter and they pointed him to this place and he needs you to go visit a town in like a sort of valley hidden away region. Okay. And bring back information on if they have this, you know, if they encountered this specific disease that supposedly plagued them, but they cured themselves of years ago. So then what do you think would be the reward for the heroes then? From, from Roosevelt, he, like I said, he's helpful, uh, generous. So I'm thinking they'd be rewarded uh, buku, buku cash. Okay. L- lots of cash. Uh, if any of them were interested in alchemy or whatnot, I'm sure he would be able to teach them like, all right, here's how you you know make this crazy potion. Okay. So you can just make it yourself. Yeah, yeah, and it's never hurts to have a royal friend who travels around. You might encounter them again. It's always nice to have friends with deep pockets, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. What would be the consequence of failure or refusing the call? Depending on how I felt about it, it would... Either be you now have to find another way to make up a large sum of money, which is, uh, you know, the police come through and are checking for people, you know, actually who have their IDs with them and like, oh, you don't? Well, in jail. And then you get out, but only on the deal that you got to pay, you know, 400 gold and before you can actually leave. And like, where are we going to find that? Or uh, have Roosevelt uh, have a plague fall on the town. Like something's about to happen. And Roosevelt is here investigating, like, oh, the seasonal sickness is about to befall, and I need you to do something. No, okay. He disappears the next day, and the next day after, some kind of disease befalls all the people. There's so just... is it is it implied <laughs> that Roosevelt just poisoned a town for being a slighted? <laughs> I, I like more that Roosevelt, like the, like the Mothman, just seems to appear 
as a warning for when something bad, some sickness. That would explain Roosevelt being so melancholy. Every place, even though he's helpful, every place he leaves seems to befall some sort of disaster. Yeah, yeah. Whenever people don't, he's like, hey guys, you know the the you know bees are acting weird you guys should watch out no uh well all right i guess i'll move mosey on and then you have like bee sickness spread through all the people oh no <laughs> oh man <laughs> all right um and then let's see i have a couple of extra optional questions what do you think are the uh goals and motivations for this character and how would they affect his personality uh, i think that uh as we spoke about before, that motivation is uh, figuring out exactly what this disease was. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would give him, he has like kind of a one-track mind with it. Okay. Uh, he's not bothered by the disease talk or like however gross the medical side of this is. He's constantly pursuing it. Okay. And I would have that as like a, a bonus for that determination, but also a flaw because he's, he'll, he'll keep going no matter, no matter the cost. Okay. Um, is there any particular way that he talks or speaks with, you know, people of different groups or anything? Is he, since he's of royal lineage, is he a very haughty speaker or does his melancholy make him like dark and brooding like Batman or something? I like to think he would, you know, I brought up Eeyore before. Uh-huh. Just sort of this slow, sad, but using like high posh words uh kind of thing just like always kind of sad but with a somewhat posh uh, accent to it just always kind of droning uh just something like that is how i envision it okay and then uh finally has this character made an impact on the world have they shaped the local area and is there anything any problem that roosevelt's dealing with that prevents him from being a bigger player on the stage I would say yes, for the reason you brought up before. Uh, much like Mothman, most people who hear about the uh, the traveling seaman from the, the prince of a dead kingdom wandering around, rumors vary, but two are most prominent. Either he'll come to your town and save it from disaster, or he'll come to your town and curse you with disaster. Oh. Which makes him getting information from people a real 50-50, which is why he properly hires people. Okay. Well, all right. I think we've learned quite a bit about Roosevelt, and I think it's safe to say we've encountered a random encounter. (laughs) As we've learned in the last segment about who Roosevelt is, what he's motivated about, how he talks and stuff, I think it's safe to say that the scene we're going to set up is you being Roosevelt, and uh, what do you think? Should I be just a normal like patron in a bar? Should I be a prospective adventurer character? Or what? What do you think? What do you think would be a good scene? I, I like the idea of someone unsure of him, a tavern keeper, so, or, uh, or maybe like a quartermaster, someone who puts up the help wanted signs uh, around town and knows that all the adventurers kind of has some stake in the town. Okay. So I will take the place of the mayor of the town yeah. hammering up uh, something on the, the local community board. And I guess you as Roosevelt are coming into town for the first time. And then I'm just discovering who you are and like, you know, the aura that surrounds you. So mm-hmm. setting the scene. So, oh, all right. Getting this. Nice notice. Got rat problems. Maybe we can 
find some adventurers and... Oh, you're a strange-looking fellow. Who are you? Hello, sir. My name is Roosevelt. I'm a prince searching the land for a... A cure. A cure? Yes. Hmm. What kind of a cure? Unfortunately, my home kingdom is befallen to a a dreadful disease, leaving them dead, I'm afraid. Dead? Oh, no. Yes, yes. It's it's very unfortunate. I seek an answer to this disease that no one else would ever have to experience what I have. I'm wondering if I could put up this sign in your town to attract adventurers to go on a quest for me. Oh, I don't I don't see a problem for putting up a sign, but I think I've heard tale of you something about a harbinger of doom. So I hope you're not going to be bringing doom to my town, are you? Well, I don't think so. From what I've studied in the local surroundings, you won't befall the the blue disease that I noticed in the forest to the west. Oh. Oh, the blue disease. Oh, don't like that. No, no, no. There wasn't much left to them when that swept through. Though they didn't listen to me when they, uh, when I warned them of stop burning the wood they were collecting. A uh, dreadful, dreadful disease. Oh. Well, I suppose it must be a boon for the town that you've warned us that, uh, we won't be d- dealing with the blue disease. That's, that's good. That's good. Uh, you know, we've had bouts of that in the past, and frightfully dreadful you're you're getting blue pox and you can't breathe and uh, it's just dreadful stuff well all right uh yeah here here's a hammer uh feel free to hang around town and i suppose if you find any find any adventurers i i hope you do well for yourself thank you kindly it's very appreciated Uh, before i go yes have you had any tremors in your legs lately tremors Hmm. Well, Crazy Phil thought all this, the fish were jumping into his boats for some reason at night, but I thought that was, I don't know, because he smelled like a fish and they wanted to be with him. Why? Tremors? It's probably nothing. I'll speak to you again. Uh, Have a good day, mate. Uh, uh, all right. Bye bye. And see. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, that was kind of interesting how the mayor decided, like, oh, sure, I'll go along with this. You know, he saved us, uh, let us know about, uh, you know, we're not going to be infected with the blue disease, the blue pox. Um, (laughs) But tremors in the lake, that sounded, that definitely sounded a little ominous. I don't know what that, uh, what that means. Is there going to be a giant purple worm or something coming out of the lake or uh, a was, frog <laughs> hemoth or a Cthulhu monster? I was thinking about it because I didn't want to, <laughs> to since the blue disease isn't going to hit, hit this town. Right. I didn't want to leave the mayor on feeling totally safe. Oh. So just like, uh, do you have any shaking in your appendages? Hmm. All right. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. So, getting into our final thoughts section, uh, what did you think about uh, this particular podcast? I liked it. I liked it. I think getting to these sort of uh, open-ended sort of creative affairs, I I, I really dig those because they give you a chance to like really, really get creative, especially whenever it puts you like outside of the zone you're in. Like, I'm not super familiar with D&D or the lore and whatnot, but 
I love making a character within a world I'm unfamiliar with. And these random prompts I particularly like because they make you, you have to think. I can't pre-plan beforehand. I need to like, all right, what's this guy going to be? Right. What, what am I getting from these ideas? And I think that's what I, I like that most, that spontaneous creativity. So you can't like pre-plan it exactly. You just got to like let the dice fall where they are. Exactly. Yeah. And that way, you know, you're not having to run into too many bobs or bills or that that's why I decided to make this show is to give dungeon masters and players the ability to have cool NPCs for free. So glad we could birth Roosevelt and unleash him upon the world. And will your towns be safe or will they be, you know, dead cities? <laughs> Who knows? If you um, listen to Roosevelt, you'll probably be okay. All right. Probably. <laughs> well, so do you have any projects or things that you want to plug? Let people know where they can follow you, find you, and stuff like that. Uh, not not really. Don't got a. I have a website, but uh, it's not. I don't really update it as much. Uh, I would say uh, find a charity to donate to. Uh, you know, Team Trees was doing their thing a while ago. Yeah. I know Australia is still, you know, recovering from its fires and stuff. Right. I would say, uh, uh play, find a charity and, you know, donate a dollar. Donate however much you can. All right. Well, that sounds like a fine idea. So thank you, Mr. Joseph, for being a guest on my show. And I hope we get to do this again sometime soon. Same. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast. Google Play, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, https colon forward slash forward slash sidekicksandsidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the podcast. To stay up to date and share your fan creations, you can like and follow the podcast on social media by searching for at Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. The podcast is also on Reddit, so join our subreddit community at r slash podcast to share your art, stories, discussions, and commentary. If you'd like to hail the bard, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests, all one word, at gmail.com. I ask that you please leave an honest review on iTunes to help spread the word about the show. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four! Sidekicks and sidequests.